0: The Tumbler's Willie podcast, Episode 3, The 50-Year Everything.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back, all you tumbleheads. I'm Andy Barbro, American television writer I'm Andy Stanton, British children's author. And thank you for joining us for another deep dive into what is, certainly we're not the first to suggest this, but the seminal British show of all time, Tumblr's Willie.
0: Yeah, and you know what's nice? I'm starting to feel like I'm really getting to know you guys now as this <laughs> thing goes on. And yeah, I, I do feel, like, I mean, do you feel like you're getting to know our listeners at all, Andy?
1: I am, I am in a way, I, in that way that you can only get to know someone when you hear nothing from them.
0: Yeah, when it's all one-way traffic like this, I think that is often when you come to know someone best of all. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, when you come to realize that you know no details of their lives. Yeah, you
0: have no idea whatsoever. And that's what I'm starting to understand. Our listeners seem unknowable, and I think that's what I know about them.
1: Yeah, and are you comfortable with that?
0: Yeah, well, no. I, I, I think yes and no in some ways. Uh, yeah,
1: I think yes and no. Hmm. So let's see, we were we were looking back at the very first season of the show, back in the in the golden age of radio. So so if we could just sort of close out our thoughts about that. And- well
0: absolutely, sure. Um so yeah, in its earliest incarnation, Tumblr's Willie is very much a one-man show, as we've seen. Uh, but as the first season progresses, we find our initial actor, Michael V Vish V...
1: V. v-, v-, v-
0: V- whisk, whisk. Michael uh, and, and as it goes on he, he's joined by a small number of supporting cast members uh, uh,
1: yeah they added a few more characters each episode right
0: exactly that they were carefully building up this whole world piece by piece uh, so uh, we see the introduction of the butcher
1: right uh, played by jacob pink if i recall
0: indeed the marvelous jacob pink uh, there was the mayoress played by margaret pink Margaret Pink, uh, no relation, we, sh- we should
1: say, to Jacob Pink. No, no, uh, no. Qu- Quite the opposite, if anything. Uh, yeah. Quite the opposite. Could could not stand each other.
0: No, no. And they also found that they were genetically as far removed from each other as any two humans can be. Yes, so, yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Margaret Pink had more in common with baboons than she had with... with, uh, with well, well, with anything, really. Uh, yeah. With anything, yeah. Uh, uh,
0: uh, Eliza Crabb, who uh, portrayed Brenda, the seductive barmaid at the Leamington Arms. Ah, uh,
1: yes. Uh, the ever-scheming Ruggles.
0: Yeah, who uh, well rather a stock villain, if we're being brutally honest. Uh, uh, you know, but in, in in many ways, whereas the first three episodes of the show had been uh, wildly experimental. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: really pushed the envelope. Yeah, those first three.
0: I mean, yeah, well, now they seem to be, uh, you know, settling down into something far more conventional. You know, a simple portrait of uh, fairly ordinary folk living fairly ordinary lives. Uh.
1: Right, right. It's almost as if they scared themselves, mm. you know, or that they had just spent every ounce <laughs> of creative creative energy that they had.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't unlikable. No. It wasn't without its high points. And, you know, the radio critics accepted this more or less at face value. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I think the consensus was, well, okay, this is what Tumblr's is now. It's a fairly conventional show. It's an enjoyable romp.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were were very quick to latch on to this idea of conventional shows, even though radio was a brand new medium. It was odd. So many critics referred to it as typical in an era where there was nothing else. So...
0: Yeah, yeah. There, there were no other shows. There was nothing to compare it with.
1: Uh. Right. There were literally no other shows. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I guess in that respect, it was typical. I mean, it it mm. was identical to a hundred percent of what was being broadcast at the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Although, I mean, it, it it does feel like in some ways they didn't have enough information to make that cool.
1: So let's just take a minute and talk about those radio critics, because it's really a story in itself how almost instantly there were radio critics in the first place. I mean,
0: right, right. I mean, they sprung up overnight and it really was a uh, pretty much instantaneous side effect of Tumblr's Willie, you know, uh, by the end of the first episode of the show there were almost 100,000 professional radio critics working in the UK. Uh,
1: Overnight, or or not even overnight, Uh, this entire industry of, yeah.
0: Yeah, the the Parliament of Quills, as they were known, just, uh, you know, immediately weighing in on the success or otherwise of that first episode. So, yeah, this is something that very often gets overlooked, uh, that the advent of radio criticism is all down to Tumblr's willy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and... a a crucial development i think Mm. for for society if not for people Mm, mm, mm. and these guys wielded tremendous power from the get-go right oh absolutely i
0: mean they decided whether shows would live or die there was one critic in particular who was so deft that he just wrote a single word no
1: oh i bet i know who wrote that review
0: okay you put yourself on the spot andy let's test your knowledge
1: (laughs) (laughs) that had to have been the nasher right that is so the nasher
0: absolutely right absolutely right it was the nasher
1: Yeah, yeah. The Nasher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What a story there. I
0: mean, this is to take nothing away from you here, Andy. But, it, you know, well, it was a that was a safe guess. Uh, this uh, <laughs> He was probably the most celebrated critic of them all. Uh, he wielded so much power to shut down radio shows that, yeah, he went under that subriquet, the Nasher.
1: Yeah. R- real name, Jonathan Showkiller.
0: Jonathan Showkiller. But yeah, uh, very famously, uh, in one instance, absolutely. He simply wrote the word No and uh yeah, not about was,
1: tumblers though no heaven
0: forfend he was always very
1: kind to tumblers uh, mm, yeah, and thank god he was or, yeah. or we wouldn't have 120 <laughs> seasons of this blessed show to discuss well
0: quite yeah we'd be out of a job but uh no the, the <laughs> uh, you know this one word review this was a couple of years later when he was reviewing the pilot episode of the fishbone
1: lads uh, oh yes those were the guys who lived in that garbage can right
0: Right, down in Camberwell, which, uh, uh-huh. you know, by the way, a very promising show. The Fishbone Lads very much seems to me like it could have been the only show to rival Tumblers at that time. It had that much potential. But
1: mm, as soon mm. as the
0: Nasher said no. Uh, he, he,
1: he killed the show. It was it, gone.
0: It was gone. They erased the tapes. Uh, then they broke the tapes. Um, right. They right. then buried the tapes, if I remember. Uh, they dug up the earth in which the tapes were buried and huh. threw them into the sea.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Then I believe they burnt the sea. Mm-hmm. Rather sadly. And, uh, you know, all on the say-so of this one guy, the Nasher, The Big G, he was called. BG, for short.
1: Yeah. Big.
0: Yeah. Jonathan Showkiller. But, uh, you know, if the early radio critics enjoyed such carte blanche, their powers paled in comparison to those of another group.
1: Right. The Radio Critic Critics.
0: The Radio Critic Critics, who had immediately sprouted on the back of those first Radio Critics, uh, like barnacles, I should
1: say, uh... Yeah, yeah, but tremendously powerful barnacles.
0: Well, barnacles that dwarfed the very whales they perched on. I think. I mean, uh, mm. you know, f- for example, uh, noting the Nasher's fondness for tumblers over the years, one of these radio critic critics uh, wrote a damning piece called "Nasher Refuses to Chomp."
1: The, the Terence Sinclair piece,
0: right, which nearly did for the poor old Nasher in turn, and you know, he was only saved at the last moment by a radio critic critic critic.
1: Uh, Roland Plob. Roland Plob, yeah. Yeah. Well, students of radio criticism. criticism. Criticism, criticism, criticism will be familiar with Plob's famous piece. Sinclair's assessment of the Nasher's assessment of Tumblr's Willie is sadly lacking. Yeah. uh,
0: So wrote Plob, uh, which is fascinating.
1: Uh... Uh, Oh, so many papers have been written about Plob's piece.
0: Yeah, it's a it's an industry unto itself. But at any rate, away from the hallowed halls of academia, uh, Tumbler's Willie itself continues on what seems to be a fairly straightforward path for the remainder of the first season. And then, you know, just when the listening public is starting to really settle into a groove, mm-hmm, just when mm-hmm. they think they've got the measure of this thing, Tumbler's turns on a sixpence mm-hmm, yeah. and it goes right back to its deeply experimental roots. Genius move. Genius it's an incredible move, and it does bear a bit of unpacking. Uh, so what happens is, in the final episode of that first season, there's this little storyline. It's really a very small thing. Michael Vysh's character... Michael, He's just gone out to get some cigarettes, and we hear him talking to the
1: shopkeeper. They talk about the local rat problem. It's life as usual. It's business as usual for this most conventional of shows at this point.
0: Exactly that. Nothing more. Uh, So then off he trots. And look, it's all very downbeat, very unassuming. We hear him close the shop door.
1: Yeah, We hear him cough. We hear him scratching himself. And then just his footsteps walking down the street.
0: Yep. Just his footsteps fading away as the title music strikes up. And then this is where it starts to get interesting. In the dying moments, a whisper, Andy. A disembodied voice. Where is he going? Mm. (laughs) And then the scale of the thing really starts to reveal itself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because that question, where is he going? That question is then not answered for another 50 years. Oh
1: my God. So this is the start of what we now know to be the 50 year everything, uh, which is amongst the most daring conceptual leaps the show ever made. So firstly, the name itself. Why is it called the 50 year everything? What, What do we mean when we talk about this period?
0: Right. Well, in essence, Andy, it's really one very holistic idea you have to grasp. Uh, Imagine if instead of sitting down and listening to a radio program, the program itself were all around you all the time, uh, encompassing everything that you saw, everything that you heard. What you smelled, what you tasted. Right. Your thoughts, your dreams. It was everything. That was the concept. You know, Uh, the show was everything.
1: And everything was the show.
0: Now you're catching on. Exactly that. And that was the thinking behind it.
1: Mm. So, so, the concept itself is beautifully simple.
0: Well, a five-year-old could understand it. It's just that it's that good.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, but I suppose the question is why? Uh, why? Why would the makers of a moderately successful radio drama <laughs> wish to? I guess you'd have to say expand their remit in, in this way. Why, why do we think they developed such a hunger to control and define all reality all, all of a sudden?
0: Well, it, well, it's a good question. I think what happens, Andy, is that great art sometimes does reach a point where there are only two options available. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the first choice is for the makers to give up the ghost altogether, say, we've made a few bits and pieces, we've had a laugh, mate, let's go down the pub and have a shandy. You know, get get back to a quiet life with the missus. You know, that's one option. Uh, they could have folded right there. They'd made a perfectly serviceable first season. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's a more interesting option, and that is to realise collectively, as a band of creators, Mm-hmm. that you've reached this point where the only way to grow is to exceed expectations to mm. such an extent that nobody knows they're even being exceeded i think uh, yep. you know to challenge the status quo to tilt at windmills and
1: yes uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah i think
0: they all just felt it was right really i think well it yeah. felt good it felt good to
1: become god's Right. That makes sense. So, so rather than continue to write these little stories well, theirs, well,
0: they'd done that. They'd done 10 episodes, you know. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Make up their little puppet shows inside the claustrophobic confines of the radio. It had grown frustrating for them. Yeah. So they really wanted to throw the question open. Can we go so far as to not put out a show in the traditional sense?
0: Exactly so. And, you know, that's the challenge that they were throwing down.
1: Yeah, with with the footsteps
0: with the footsteps the footsteps are the key you know the producers are really laying down this gauntlet you know not only for themselves but to the listeners are crediting them with the intelligence
1: oh and the maturity and
0: the mature right exactly to interpret those footsteps fading away into the distance to hear that question right right where is he going right and to understand that question yeah, where is he going you know even to apply it to themselves
1: yeah, where are any of us going?
0: Exactly so, Andy. And, you know, to realize that the answer to that question will not be, fa- cannot be found by turning on a bloody radio, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, by tuning in a dial. It's so puerile, I think they're saying.
0: It's so puerile. Uh, so, yeah, they're saying don't tune in next week. Don't tune in. Instead, tune in to everything around you. Yeah,
1: now you're the show.
0: You're the show. You know, whatever the next 50 years of yeah. all human experience may hold, that is the show.
1: Yeah, but look, this whole idea seems self-explanatory and even pedestrian to us now. But in 1903, this would have been quite a conceptual leap. Mm. Did people get it?
0: Well, uh, certainly not at first, Andy. At first, it went directly over almost everyone's head.
1: Sure, sure. It must have, yeah.
0: I mean, the vast majority of people simply assumed the show had ended because there weren't any new episodes on the radio.
1: Right, right. I heard a lot of people smashed their radio sets open trying to find new episodes hidden inside
0: absolutely that yeah but you know i'll tell you who did get it andy from the Mm, get-go
1: the nasher oh my god yeah yeah he he loved it well he loved it yeah he he he, no one got it better than the nasher he he got it from the get-go
0: the, yeah, the
1: Nasher. God bless him because he was instrumental in explaining what was going on to the rest of Britain.
0: Uh, yeah, the Nasher continued to write weekly reviews of the show, uh, the show that most people, you know, with their rather cloistered thinking, we should say, uh, assumed no longer
1: existed. Right, right. Weekly reviews for the next five decades.
0: For the next five decades. And I think slowly over that time, he was able to educate the British public into understanding that, uh, in his own words, we are all become tumblers now. He, oh, he uh, got it. Yeah, he, he got it. He understood this concept perfectly. He fully understood that Tumblrs wasn't off-air, it was in the air.
1: It was the air itself. Yeah, absolutely.
0: He's the first to publicly acknowledge that everything that happens during this period is part of the conceit.
1: Yes. Yeah. So for example, I remember he gave the first World War five stars. He called it genius. Well, he saw it for
0: what it was, a a story arc, you know, and his final word on the Great War was, uh, Tumblrs has really delivered with this one. Let's hope there's a sequel.
1: Very complimentary, yes.
0: And rightly so, I think. Uh it was very well done. Uh and again in nineteen twenty eight when Estonia changes its currency from the mark to the um To the Croon. Uh, to the Croon, thank you. Uh yep. you know, what does the Nasher say? Triumph for Tumblers.
1: Yeah. Triumph for tumblers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A superlative moment. And we see this over and over again, you know, uh, in 1933, when Vidkun Quisling and Johann Bernard Hjort formed the National Socialist Party of Norway.
0: Yeah. This has put the cat amongst the tumblers pigeons for Norway, writes the Nasha.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because I know this stuff, but it still <laughs> amazes me. Anything and everything, right? It was all tumblers. All tumblers. Uh, the 1907 coal mine explosion in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, that's tumblers. That's classic tumblers from this period.
1: Uh, The Barbary Lion becoming extinct in the wild.
0: A highlight of the 1922 season, as it were.
1: First legislative one of the Republic of China, officially convening in Nanking in 1948. What an interesting plot point, opines the Nasha it's, it's all
0: tumblers, Andy. Anything that happened during that time, it's... It's
1: it's all tumblers. Every yeah. last drop.
0: And look, I mean, it's so not... It's interesting. It's not just big world events either, you know. Uh, my mm. grandma told me stories of that time. She'd be uh, doing the dishes or phoning a friend or whatnot. And, you know, quite aware uh, that her moment-to-moment existence was written in, was a small contributory element of this extraordinary performative piece. Mm, uh, amazing it's amazing mm-hmm. or you know making love to her husband my grandpa you know it, it was all tumblers every last push and shove so people knew they were
1: part of this even at the time
0: well once it had been explained to them certainly
1: oh by the by the nasher of course by the nasher by the nasher yeah. by the big right 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 i i I guess i would i mean i've i've seen that footage from world war Two and You know, people coming out of the prison camps saying that the only thing that got them through was knowing that in the larger scheme of things, they had been in an episode of Tumblr's. A good one.
0: Right. They were happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were very happy. Yeah.
0: Japanese prisoners of war over the moon, actually. Uh,
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You know, a, a really extraordinary time for everybody. What an achievement, you know. And this is why, well... Who else would do this?
0: (laughs) Well, this this is why it's a cut above, Andy. I mean, this is what keeps us coming back time and again to this show Mm. of all shows.
1: So, I know when I first discovered tumblers, I listened you know, to season one. And then I, I just started right on with season 52. And mm. a lot of people gave me grief over that. They said, you really aren't getting, you know, you're not getting it unless you allow for that 50 year pause, which constitutes seasons two through 51 of the of the show. Yeah,
0: well, they're quite right, really. I mean, you can't just chop and change like that. Uh,
1: well, well I, I mean, I tried. I, I, went, I went back.
0: Oh, you but- tried. How much of it did you try to experience in Out of Interest? Well, I-
1: I got about 11 years and three months into it.
0: Well, okay. That's almost worse than nothing.
1: Well, and I was like, you know, I just, you know, things were happening in my life. So
0: things were happening in your life. I wanted a
1: family. (laughs) I wanted a family. That's the thing.
0: Right. Sure. So you chose to prioritize starting a family over completing the 50 year everything is
1: what you're telling me. I, I wasn't. I mean, people in my life were starting to yell at me.
0: No, it's fine. I mean, you made your choice. This is what happens in life, Andy. We make our choices. Uh, mm, yeah. I mean, you could. I mean, perhaps if you had made that commitment uh-huh. to okay. the show, you know, maybe yeah. you'd be a little happier for it. I mean, I don't want to imply anything, but maybe you'd be a more rounded well, person.
1: Uh, okay, well, here's my argument. Uh, all of a sudden, I realized after 11 and a quarter years of, of attempting this, I'm thinking, like, what the world had originally experienced in that pause was two world wars, the Spanish flu, you know, a, a lot of things that I couldn't possibly hope to live through myself.
0: Or you weren't so, prepared to live through,
1: I would say. I wasn't prepared to. If but you I, don't mind my saying.
0: Well, yes, true, but... I mean, the I first mean, world war, which got five stars, lest we forget,
1: but somehow
0: mm. that was a highlight you didn't think was worth your time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I see or, that. Or
0: the rise but, of Stalin, one of the greatest things the show ever did, and, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh, those aren't... Uh-huh just well, my words right.
1: andy those are the nash's words i folded too soon i guess Look, i'm
0: you... not saying for one instant that any of this would have been easy to accomplish
1: C- certainly not but you
0: didn't I mean... want to that's just what i'm trying to get at you just couldn't be bothered
1: well i can hear a little judgment in your voice but that's fine i mean I... well
0: i'm sorry if it sounds that way i apologize i'm not trying i'm just i just want to get down to brass tacks here i i I just don't want to airbrush what you
1: did here. Well, okay, okay, okay yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I see where I just you're going. I just want you to it's... face
0: the facts, Andy. Y- yeah. For yeah. whatever
1: reason, in your little yeah. head, yeah, that I shortchanged it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that you thought, no, not for me. I, Andy Bobro, have other agendas in my life which mm-hmm. I deem more important than this groundbreaking fifty-year
1: period of a yeah, show but, that well, I claim but you didn't either. to be Let's interested be honest. in. You didn't do it either.
0: No, because I'm a British citizen. I don't have to do it.
1: Oh, right. Because it's already in your shared, it's in your bones. It's
0: in my bones. Um, And we're granted a waiver from the government too. Every British baby is granted a waiver from having to
1: actually do the 50-year everything. The 50-year everything, yeah. Because we inherently
0: understand it. We don't have to do it, Andy. We just know it. We're not expected or obliged from either a legal or civil point of view to actually reconstruct it if we choose not
1: to. Well, it's that's very fortunate, but... No, it's not fortunate. It's the law. Well, all right, I'll say it. Yes, there is a double standard. Oh, you're a double standard. I mean, I get it. I, I get that... Oh, I don't have your... Like, I wasn't lucky enough, I guess, to be born in a okay. friggin' Here we go. dingy, go on. wet, grey, mm. cloud-covered get, mass of... Get
0: it off your chest, big man.
1: It's just, like, cold 80 days of... Oh, you know what? ...rain yeah. in a row. Like, mm-hmm. it's... it's just go on let it
0: all out let it all out
1: weird money like y- with, your weird money The money money change the, the pictures on the money change mm. all the time what's that about
0: oh, yeah well it's just how we do. it's no better or worse actually in fact it's better
1: So for 50 wonderful, genre-defying years, Tumblr's is on the loose, defining and indeed creating all of global reality. But of course, this brought its own problems.
0: Well, it was getting very expensive to run, for one thing. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. The BBC were becoming concerned about the budget. They were way over So they had a meeting.
0: A rather heated meeting, we should say. And uh, yeah, uh, long story short, a compromise is reached and the show's director at the time, uh, Bill Lib.
1: Bill Lib, yes, yes, who, well, we haven't got time to get into him today, but what a fascinating character. He was actually a Mobius person, I believe. That's
0: correct. He was was immeasurable. He had uh, literally no beginning and no end. But uh, yeah, the upshot is uh, Bill Lib rather reluctantly agrees to bring the 50-year everything to an end and uh, reinvent tumblers from scratch as a conventional TV show now.
1: Right, right. So they scale it right down. Right down. And this is so tumblers because Mm-mm. this happens with no fanfare, no warning. They just... They just put it out there. They
0: just put it out there. But, you know, the BBC did stipulate that there had to be something to bridge the gap Mm. between the last radio broadcast half a century earlier and, you know, the start of this new run. Uh,
1: Yeah. Well, this was the problem they faced for sure.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the solution they hit upon was uh, the idea of returning to the framing device of the footsteps. Um, Mm. Michael Vush's
1: footsteps. Whiskey's footsteps, yeah, yeah, Uh, uh, because a day had not gone by for the last 50 years. Uh, A day really hadn't gone by when all of Britain had not wondered who those footsteps belonged to and what that whispering voice was.
0: Right, and where those footsteps were going, uh, precisely. So, yeah, the upshot is uh, 1st of January, 1953, uh, New Year's Day, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the viewing public switch on their television sets expecting an episode of the children's program, Time for Tea. Time for Tea, yes. Yeah, uh,
1: famous British institution. Yeah, that long-running children's. We should do a podcast on that one next, but we really should. Uh... I mean, who knows if we'll get to it? I mean, it
0: really does deserve its own show. It was quite extraordinarily cheeky in places. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, time for tea. Uh, all the children gathered round, and uh, yeah, you know, suddenly yeah. in households across the nation, what do the parents hear? They hear their little ones, "Mummy, mummy, I think Tumbler's is back on." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, how did they even know these were uh, <laughs> how, how did they know? Yeah, I mean, children just do, don't they? Um, th- these were three and four year olds, you know, little ones across the land. Uh, right. So brilliant. But, you know, from the very first on screen footstep, clomp, clomp. Uh, you know, mummy, mummy, it's those footsteps, mummy from that old radio show. You and daddy have been waiting for all this time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's back. It's back with visuals, mummy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is what was heard. Children literally said that. Yeah, yeah, that's recorded.
0: That's recorded. That's what children up and down the land said. It's not time for tea, mummy. It's time for tumblers, cried they.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and parents, older siblings, decrepit spinster aunts, dribbling invalids, you know, the entire household instantly rushed or dragged themselves or wheeled themselves in their bath chairs uh, to gather in front of their state-of-the-art half-inch television sets. mm Mm. Because this was happening. Something was happening. A blank screen, a blank screen, clomp, clomp. You know, these footsteps yep. from half yep. a century earlier. Mm. And then who should come in, do you think, Andy? Who should enter stage left?
1: Not Tumblr. Was it Tumblr? No, it wasn't Tumblr. Of course not.
0: It, of course not. It was none other than our dear old friend from the golden age of radio, Michael Vish.
1: Michael Vash. V- Vash. Vish Vash. Vash. Michael this, after all this time.
0: After all this time. I mean, the first time, in fact, that the public had actually clapped eyes on him. Uh, mm. You know, he strides into shot. He walks right up to the camera. Uh, he insinuates his uh, visage into the center of the frame.
1: Ah, his, his beautiful visage. yeah, Right,
0: which he was initially so worried uh, all the way back in 1902 that people wouldn't get to see on radio. Uh, how will yeah. they see my visage? He used to <laughs> say. Uh, <laughs> but uh, finally, he's got a chance to show it off now. He's a very old man by now. Uh uh-huh, you but- know, well beyond his sell by date really oh uh, yes yes but he gazes into the screen you know bold as you like uh, through his milky cataracts and he says and this is spine tingling Andy he says but were they my footsteps in the first place yes yes and then live on air in front of the entire nation he falls down dead yeah yeah incredible return and such commitment such commitment such
1: commitment And I read they would basically kept Vish Vish alive far beyond his natural lifespan just for this moment, right? So so, so that he could make his TV entrance, utter his line, and collapse down dead.
0: Right, right. They used every trick in the book. uh...
1: Every trick under the sun, all the technology, all all the medicine they could think of, uh, yeah, just to keep him going.
0: Yeah, v- vitamins they used. Uh, yeah,
1: hormones, uh, especially augmented thorax they gave him. Right,
0: I mean, because, I mean, you have to realize that he was now almost 130 years old, and you just cannot achieve that without artificial means. So, yeah, mm. uh, you know, by the time he appeared on our sets, he was... Uh, Little more than a monster.
1: Oh, an aberration!
0: Absolutely, mate. Uh, yeah.
1: And also, you know, he he had served his whole purpose. I mean, he, he had basically achieved what you're supposed to achieve in life. You know, he he I, he was ready. I mm. think I, I,
0: he 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 was ready. I mean, he delivered his line, and you know, he was really what we would by this stage call a, a captain of his own ship. Uh,
1: right, right, right. And such a professional. I heard a rumor that he actually did three takes of it. Live on air. Uh, he actually died three times before he was happy with his own demise.
0: Oh, the death itself. That's, that's, that's right, yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that's yeah. been
0: substantiated by any number of doctors. Uh...
1: He died, and they thought, oh, this is perfect. You know, they, this can't be beaten. And he, he was pronounced medically dead. And then he, he got up again, and he said, I need to take another run at it.
0: One more time. One more time.
1: Such a perfectionist. Incredible, really. Uh... Yeah. And that could be what killed him.
0: Yeah, I think so. Just that work ethic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he died too young, really. And then uh, then again, I don't. I think he died far, far, far no, too no. old, you know.
1: Yeah, far too old. Way too old. Yeah, Just yeah.
0: really, I mean, looking back on it now, uh, ethical is not the word that springs to mind. To no, him. no. I mean, you know, <laughs> artificially extending a man's lifespan by another 50% mm. beyond what's really acceptable. Uh, no, or, no. You know, no, or even no. pleasant. Yeah. Uh, just uh but, you know like Vish, Michael Bush, Vish, V Michael Vush. whisk. V Michael V Vish, Michael Bush himself, Bush. you know, he was a willing participant. He'd signed all the papers, uh he said, vitamins, hormones, develop what you can, stick them in me. I don't care what experiments have to be carried out on me or how
1: dubious they are, he said. Yeah, yeah, Just he just gave him full consent.
0: Just so long as they
1: finally get to see my visage. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, I think he died doing what he loved, which was uh, bridging a 50-year-long existential art project. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah.
1: He died doing what he loved.
0: Yeah, three times.
1: Yeah, he died three times doing what he loved.
0: So when Vish Vish. uh, makes his triumphant, uh, fleeting, uh, fleeting, but memorable return to the airwaves, when he appears on our television sets and says, but were they my footsteps in the first place? What do you think he's asking us there, Andy? Well, he's really challenging the viewer, I think. Exactly. He's raising notions about, well, you know, what looks like a very linear storyline here. Uh, A man walks out of a shop. We hear his footsteps. A mere 50 years later, he returns. Mm, mm. But is it the same man? I think he's asking us. Or or the show's asking us. Mm. Uh, Is it the same character? You know, even if it is the same character, are we the same person from moment to moment, Andy, uh, as viewers or, you know, or just as people?
1: No, well, I mean, I know I'm not no, no, you well, you famously are not, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there have been times I thought I've seen several of you,
0: oh you have, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> well fair enough I mean sorry I must say you're not talking about the time we visited the Hall of Mirrors though sorry to be silly for a moment
1: <laughs> you, you, that's no, not I, no, sorry no. I know
0: you're not I mean I do know what you mean though I, I know what you mean
1: uh, yeah yeah just just overlapping overlapping versions of you mm-hmm.
0: but, but sorry can I just say do you remember that one that makes you go all fat and squat yeah that's very
1: that's a very good yeah that's a terrific mirror there it's
0: it's so fun it's so it's funny. it's really
1: really good
0: yeah <laughs> But, but so, sorry, we we I know we're talking, I've pulled us right off track here. Um, mm. Sorry. Thinking about v- Vush's challenge to the notion mm. of selfhood.
1: Yes, right, right, right. And who expected such a philosophical curveball from a television show in 1953?
0: Well, I'll tell you who. Mm. It was the Nasher.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, The Nasher, of course. Right, who
0: wrote a fantastic review uh, called Just As I Expected, which began, Just As I Expected, Tumblers is back with yet more thrills and spills.
1: He really called it, yeah. And I think he was right, because Tumblr's was back, and there were more thrills and spills.
0: Yeah, and of course there were. And, you know, we'll be looking at any number of those thrills and spills in our future episodes, so do stay tuned, because we're not going to leave you hanging for 50 years. I promise
1: you that, guys. (laughs) No, indeed. We'll be back very soon to take a look into the 1950s, the golden age of television, and certainly a golden age for our favorite show.
0: The Nasher himself couldn't have put it better. See you next time, Tumbleheads. Bye.
1: A, podca- <clears throat> A podcast network.